brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode, only shorter. We call them bites. It's great to have you with us for one of our mini episodes of the show. Appleseed Bites, we call them. Just a single story long, just a few minutes, in case you've only got a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with great storytelling. And, of course, uh, we bring to you a few of these every week in preparation for Thursdays when we drop our full hour-long episode of the show. This Thursday, you're going to hear from the wonderful blues musician and storyteller Robert B. Jones, recorded live in the Apple. Seed Studio. It's an episode about stories that help us keep connected with things that are important to stay connected with. You're going to hear from Robert B. Jones as well as from a couple of friends who work to keep young people connected to an ancient heritage of storytelling. A couple of friends who call themselves the Bible players, and that's all coming up on Thursday. In the meantime, I'm joined in the studio by our audio engineer, Carly Robison. Carly, it's great to have you with me. Happy to be here. And you've brought a story for us from Mm -hmm. Pete Griffin. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear. Pete has this amazing experience where he gets to have a conversation with a skunk. (laughs) And you're not quite sure what's going to happen. I think it's really fun because he is in a a position where a lot of people are looking to him to see how he's going to respond and kind of set the example for them. And it might not be something he's super excited to do, but he... He does. He has this conversation, and will he get out? I don't know. We'll have to see. (laughs) Pete Griffin's stories are always a lot of fun. They tend to be about the natural world, and they tend to be uh, stories that spring from his experience working in the forest service. Here's Pete Griffin with a story called The Skunk Whisperer here on The Appleseed. In 1991, I was an assistant ranger on the Walker Ranger District of the Chippewa National Forest in Minnesota. I was responsible for managing our campgrounds, which in the summer were filled with people from all over Minnesota and surrounding states, attracted to the wonderful walleye fishing on Leech Lake. One winter day, I was asked to address a gathering of employees about the conflicts I saw between my personal philosophy in life and Forest Service policy. Now, the first thing that came to mind was our forest's porcupine control policy. I pointed out that our law enforcement officer had to get written permission to carry his sidearm every time he went out to enforce our regulations on the National Forest. But if one of our employees wanted to shoot porcupines... All they had to do was check out our twenty-two pistol from the safe at the office and go kill porcupines out in the woods. It was a time-honored tradition in the Forest Service. Porcupines ate trees, sometimes a lot of them, and that was enough for those in the forestry profession to declare war on these animals. Now, I knew that porcupines were destructive to cabins, and where there are no natural predators, they could eliminate some species from hardwood forests like eastern hemlock. That, in turn, had effects on other species like deer. But I didn't think it right that we just kill porcupines simply because we didn't like the way they made their living. Well, I stepped up on my soapbox and I gathered steam. In fact, I said, deviating from my script, when I found out that we used live traps at our campgrounds to remove problem skunks, I thought that was a great alternative to just killing them. But then I learned that once we'd trapped the skunks, we'd drag the traps to the lake and drown them. 
Well, I'm telling you now that we're no longer going to do that. We are going to trap and transplant skunks from our campgrounds. No more killing. Now, one of my employees, Tom, was in the audience that day. He managed the daily goings-on at our campgrounds, and he asked me, Have you ever released a skunk from a live trap before? Can you do it without getting sprayed? Well, I said, I've never done it, but I know that people do it all the time, not really knowing if this was the absolute truth. Well, the next spring we opened our campground and the walleye fishermen showed up as usual. One day, while sitting in the office, I got a call on the radio from Tom. He was at the campground. Beat! We caught the big stinker in a live trap last night. Well, the big stinker was a huge old skunk that had been getting bolder by the week at the campground. It had been terrorizing the campers, looking for food around the campsite, spraying dogs, and startling people walking around the campground after dark. But now it was in the live trap. What do you want me to do with them? he asked. Well, Tom knew doggone well what I'd said last winter, but I could tell he was reluctant. I took a deep breath. My credibility was at stake. Well, hang on to him and don't touch the trap. I'll be right out. About a half hour later, I was at the campground. Tom and a couple of interested campers led me to the trap. Inside it, absolutely filling the wire cage, a magnificent skunk fidgeted, shifting its weight from one front paw to the other, daring us to do something. Its black fur was the color of midnight, a white stripe, the color of the top of a towering thunderhead cloud, began on its nose and continued over the head and down the back onto the tail. It was beautiful. Well, Tom and the audience stood back, well upwind, when I backed the truck up to the trap. But instead of wrestling the trap directly into the pickup, I just sat on the tailgate and talked to the skunk in a tone far more soothing than I felt. I explained what I was going to do and where I was going to take it. As we were in the heart of the Leech Lake Indian Reservation, home to the Leech Lake Band of the Chippewa, I even used every word and phrase of Chippewa I knew. Bujou, Michomas. Greetings, Grandfather. Pete, Indijnikaz. My name is Pete. Walker in Donjaba. I live in Walker. Genewind Ganawind Aki Gaedush Widakao Bimadizajig. We take care of the earth and help people. Mandwe Anamud. The voice of the wind in the pines. Minwajimo. Telling a good story. Wabshka Jikang. White stump. Chi McGwetch. Great thanks. I tell folks that was all meant to ease the skunk's nerves, but it was just as much giving me time to build up my own courage. Very slowly, I carefully draped a blanket over the trap. The skunk eyed me with its beady little eyes, claws gripping the wire mesh of the trap. Still talking, I gently hoisted the trap into the bed of the truck, eased the tailgate closed, and slowly drove out of the campground, heading for some old farm fields on the National Forest about 15 miles away, a place that ought to be great habitat for wild skunks.
When I got to my destination, I reversed the process and gently lowered the cage to the ground, talking all the time. I cautiously lifted the blanket from the trap. It was then I discovered that my plan had a serious flaw. Not only was I going to have to handle the trap to open the door to let the skunk out, but the door to the trap was spring-loaded, and I'd have to hold it open as the skunk exited. Thankfully, that was at the back end of the trap, out of the reach of its teeth, but it was also at the business end of the skunk. Well, I sprung open the door of the trap, but the skunk didn't move. It couldn't turn around in the trap, and I had a hunch it wasn't going to back up if it couldn't see what was going on back there. I was going to have to encourage it to back out. Well, I scrunched up my face, held my breath, squinted my eyes, picked up the trap, and tilted it up. The skunk hung onto the wire mesh tighter with its claws, refusing to back out of the trap into the unknown. I gently shook the trap. It hung on tighter. I tilted the trap up more and shook it again. Finally, it lost its grip and slipped out of the trap onto the ground. The skunk looked at me and whirled around. I was staring directly at its rear end. I closed my eyes and my mouth and froze in place, holding onto the trap. When nothing happened after a second, I opened my eyes just a little bit, just in time to see the skunk waddling into the tall grass. I let out my breath. We'd both escaped. I loaded the trap back into the truck and headed back to the campground. Tom saw me come in and approach the truck from well upwind, still not taking any chances. How'd it go, he asked. No problem, I said. You just have to know how to talk to him. Tom was still a bit skeptical, but if I could do it without any ill effects, he could too. We figured out a way to open the trap and latch the door open so a skunk could leave on its own, without having to be encouraged by tilting and shaking the trap. So we were set. We weren't going to kill any more skunks at our campgrounds. Now, I didn't think about it until years later, but when Tom had called from the campground asking me what to do with the skunk in the trap, it was really a leadership test. If I'd told him he had to risk releasing a live skunk without me ever having done it in the first place, my credibility as a supervisor would have suffered. It was a lesson that I never forgot over the remainder of my career in the Forest Service. Pete Griffin with a story called The Skunk Whisperer, Life Lessons from the Forest Service. It's been a pleasure listening to that story along with Carly Robison, our audio engineer on the Appleseed. Carly, I I love that story. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, the Appleseed family, the Appleseed team knows that these days I'm kind of helping manage a colony of feral cats mm. in my backyard. First of all, there was a lot of sort of it could be worse, sure. right? <laughs> about yeah. this story, but also just thinking about other people and the care that they're taking in their interactions with wildlife, you know, mm -hmm. uh, even though this story is kind of comical, mm -hmm. uh, made me feel like I was part of a team that's maybe bigger than myself. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Where did this story take you? You know, luckily, I have never had an experience like that with a skunk, and hopefully <laughs> it stays that way. 
But I have been snipe hunting. And if you don't know what a snipe is, join the club. I still don't know if I do. But I went <laughs> camping one time. And that's where the story drew me to. And I was with a lot of girls my age. And we decided to go on a snipe hunt. And we put on toothpaste on our cheeks because snipes don't like toothpaste. And, and we were all so excited. We had some flashlights. We're going out. We're in these bushes, and then all of a sudden we start seeing these red beady eyes, and, and bushes are rustling, and we can't actually see the snipes, and I'm terrified. I'm just <laughs> out of my mind terrified. And then I'm in the back of our group here, and all of a sudden this commotion comes from the front, and this girl got bit by a snipe, and we were terrified. I might have even cried, honestly. I was, I was at an age where this was really scary for me. And then I come to find out that the whole thing was just a big ruse, pulling a huge prank on us and so honestly i wasn't with a skunk but it might have been scarier i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) oh what a pleasure to hear not only carly's reminiscing about her experience of snipe hunting but also of course that great story from pete griffin maybe you have stories about interactions with critters that are worth hanging on to and sharing and you of course can share those stories around the kitchen table or the living room we encourage it share them with us too you can find us at theappleseed at byu.edu. Write them down, send them to us. We love to hear from you. And again, join us on Thursday for a terrific full hour-long episode of The Appleseed featuring a storytelling performance from the wonderful blues musician and storyteller Robert B. Jones joining us. Come from Detroit to record right here in The Appleseed studio. And of course, you won't want to miss that. That's part of an episode all about using storytelling to make connections, to stay connected with people and places that are important to you. Don't miss it. I'm Sam Payne. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.